time. Uh, I had to start over because I made a mistake and turned the recording off. Uh, I was saying, and now I'm re-recording, that I know it's been a long time. But I'm in school online. I'm in a doctorate program. And it's a accelerated program, so it takes a lot of work. And I don't have time to get to the podcast because of all the reading and work I have to do. So classes just ended Friday, and I have a week off. So I'm trying to play catch-up. Now, uh... What I want to talk about at this time, and for those of you that have my book and read it, is that you'll see where I have been in the hospital many times. Uh, now, I did my book, uh, Miss, I did uh, my book, uh, Injustice by not airing our family laundry. I thought at the time that it would be a good thing not to talk badly about my family, but I see where it was a mistake. Uh, and I should have told you what was going on, so I'm correcting that now. Now, when uh, I encountered the devil worshipers in Pittsburgh, uh, they had come to my apartment this particular night. And uh, my roommate, I didn't know at the time, was a member of the uh, devil worshipers. And she worked at McDonald's, and that night she brought home some food that had something in it. And God let me know something was in there not to eat it, so I burnt the food up and didn't eat it. And so that surprised them because they thought I would be messed up and out of my head. And so they came to my apartment and had to carry on with what they intended. So it was just tons of them outside my apartment. Then they came in the apartment building, bamming on my door, cussing out Jesus and everything. So that night, I uh, was singing a song, uh, worshiping Jesus and everything, because God had given me a vision about the devil worshipers and what I was dealing with because I had no idea what I was dealing with all this time that all these strange things were happening. I didn't have a clue. And uh, so he showed me, gave me a vision and showed me what I was doing, what I was dealing with. So that night I knew they uh, would be waiting for me or wanted to do me in. And I found out after I got home and talked to these evangelists and they had the prophetic gift that they had had two contracts out on me because they felt I knew too much. So uh, 
they had come to my apartment. So, uh, like I said, I called upon the name of Jesus, and he and I fought them. And they uh, were bamming on my apartment door, trying to get in, cussing Jesus out and everything like that. God told me to open the door after a while. So I opened the door and said, welcome to the house of the Lord. And no one came across the threshold or anything. So anyway, my roommate came. She, When I was in there praising God, she told me if I didn't shut up, she was going to leave. So I let her leave. So she went down the hall to the uh grad suit that we had met uh, and had associated with uh, that particular semester. So they came, and I was trying to go down on campus to get help, and I didn't know that my roommate was a devil worshiper at that time, and I think the grad suit was in on it too. So I'm grabbing them to come with me uh, to protect them. And so when we got outside, they had pulled a, a ambulance or a paddy wagon or something and threw us in there. And then they uh, took me to the hospital. This had to be about 7, 8 in the morning. I was up all night dealing with them. And so they took me to the hospital and said I had cut my hand. And they wanted to find out my name, and I wouldn't tell them my name because they knew my name. And uh, I was suspicious of them, so they told me they could take me to the mental hospital. And I said, you can't take me to the mental hospital. And they said, yes, we can. We could take you and keep you for 10 days. So that's what they did since I didn't tell them my name. And so... I was there about 27 hours, and while there, the next day, uh, it was about 3 o'clock, and they had, just before 3, they had asked me if I wanted to go for a walk with the other patients, and I told them no. So I went on in the TV room, and it was about 3, because General Hospital was on. And one of the nursing students, which was a student that I knew very well, she was doing her internship there, uh, was sitting in there, and I asked her what time it was. She must have said three, a little after three or something. So just then, the elevator door opened, and there was my mother and my older sister. Now, mind you, I didn't know they were coming, but my mother told me, that my roommate had called her and said I had a nervous breakdown. Lying. So I told my mother, I said, come. My mother looking all sad. I said, come back here. I said, come let me tell you what's going on. So I went back to my room and they had brought in my food to eat. So I wasn't eating any of the food. I was just drinking the milk. And uh, so... Uh, my oldest sister ate the food. And I don't think she was paying any attention to me talking to my mother. So eventually, 
uh, the doctor came in, and just before he came in, when I was telling my mother what was going on, she said, if I had known this, I would have came prepared. And so the doctor came in, and they talked, and then we left. He released me, and we went to the apartment, and we took a cab. So I told them where to go and everything. So when I get there, my roommate's boyfriend is there, and he's shocked to see me. And I asked where she was, and I still did not know that she was in on this. And he said that she was somewhere around the corner or something. So he left. Then called back and told me the crucifix that he had carved that I had used up against the devil worshippers, a big crucifix. He told me I could have it. So meanwhile, my sister and my mother and I were sitting there. My sister went to sleep because we were waiting on my uncle and his wife and my oldest brother, his wife, and my brother that was a year younger than me. They were driving through where my mother and them took the plane. And so, my, like I said, my oldest sister went to sleep. So I was telling my mother all that was going on and what had happened up until this time and all the other things that were happening. And so she knew the whole story. So finally my uncle and them and my brother and all of them got there, packed my things. We packed my things. And then we left and came home. Now, I came home. When we got home, it was in the morning. And uh, uh my neighbor from across the street that we grew up with ran over because they had got to work. You know, he and I had a nervous breakdown. So she comes in, and I look at her. Hey, how you doing? So and so. And she was just shocked because I, I supposed to be out of my head. So anyway, I didn't know until 31 years later that my mother and my sister, my oldest sister, had betrayed me and told everybody that I had a nervous breakdown. I didn't, I didn't know. All I know is I was hearing all these rumors and all this, wondering where people got these rumors from, supposedly about what happened to me. Nobody asked me or anything, or when I went to tell it, they had they side of the story. And so, like I said, it was 31 years later that I found out that my mother and sister had... Um, uh, said that I had had a nervous breakdown and I didn't know they had betrayed me that way and lied on me. So I talked to uh, my best friend and her sister because their mother was my mother's best friend they say yeah that's what my mother and them told them and the oldest one said well they couldn't very well tell the truth because they didn't know how to deal with it so so anyway uh i was just outdone
And then a few years prior, I had had an argument with my older sister. She trying to tell me that I had a nervous breakdown when they came to get me. And I'm telling her, that's a lie and all that. And I heard her telling my aunt uh, on the phone about when they came to Pittsburgh and all that. And my thing was, if I had a nervous breakdown... So when I came home, how come you didn't put me, how come I never went to the hospital till about four years later? How, who was the one that got me enrolled at Wayne State and all that? How was I able to do my classes? No medication, never seeing the psychiatrist or anything. Explain that. So anyway, I, um, uh, uh, talking about Aaron our family dirty laundry. Four years later, after I graduated from uh, Wayne State, you know, Wayne State University, I went to work in the Wayne County Circuit Court. Two months after I graduated from Wayne State, I graduated in December and went to courts in February. But it was my first time working for a livelihood. Well, around people working for a livelihood. Because uh, I always lived with my parents and me and my sister were living together. Well, I was helping her out uh, because she let me live there this last semester of school since there was so much noise at our family house. And I intended to go back home after I graduated, but I got the job and I knew my mother and them would be talking trash that, oh, you get a job and now you leave your sister. So anyway, I stayed there and helped her out. And uh, so... uh. That's when I found out as young as I was just how treacherous people are when they have to support themselves. I was being supported by my family, by my mother and father. But these other people and older people that I work with uh, were just treacherous. So I was there seven months working in the Wayne County Circuit Court. And uh, the secretary and... Her friend uh, really did a job on me after this young lady I, I talk about in the book, this other black young lady from the same city I was from, double-crossed me and had them thinking I was the one that was doing the dirt when she actually did it. So they turned on me. I was so upset. And like I explained, things were not going good in my love life. And um, the woman at the church we was at was talking on this trash, trying to keep control of me and all, or me and my sister. And so I ended up quitting. And what happened was my mother put me in the hospital, the mental hospital, because I had had intercourse. Now, I was 22 and a half, had intercourse for the first time, and only had it that one time at 22 and a half. 
and didn't have intercourse again, sexual intercourse, until I was 25 and a half years old. She put me in the hospital to try to prevent me from having sex with my significant other. And all her life, she tried to keep me away from me. I don't know what her problem was. And my niece was saying, well, she knew it was a high calling on your life. God revealed it to me. So she thought having a high calling on my life meant that I shouldn't be around me and I should be a nun or something. But yet she was married with 10 kids. So I don't know what her problem was. And then after she did that, my uh, uh, second oldest sister, who have always been jealous of me and hated me, uh, back in the 70s, all you have to do is tell a lounge a person, say they have been in the mental hospital, call the police, and they would take them to the mental hospital. What she did, she would jump on me, call the police, tell them I had attacked her, and I had been in the mental hospital. So this happened about eight or ten years in a row. She would do it every time, lie to my family, and I have never been a violent person. And they would believe her story because she was such a smooth talker and charmer. Every year she put me in the mental hospital, tell a lie on me. And the bad thing about it, I would not be talking out of my head or nothing. We would go to court. They would listen to her lie, but they wouldn't let me in the room while she told her story. Then they would call me in and say, she said so-and-so. When I would tell the truth about what actually happened, the judge would take the gavel, hit it, and say 90 days. Wouldn't believe me, and this happened over and over again. My thing is, if you're not going to believe me, why are you putting me on the stand? So year after year, I went in the hospital for three months. They didn't give you therapy. They just filled you up with food and medication. I used to be very petite. Now I'm larger over all these years of going. And I remember one time a court-appointed attorney told them, I recommend outpatient treatment. The judge put me in the hospital for 90 days again. So I should have told this. Then after she did it, her daughter started doing it. And then my sister, my baby sister, my oldest brother did it twice. So I uh, did not want to air my family's dirty laundry, but I see why I did a disservice because it would be nothing wrong with me and I'd be in the hospital, no therapy. And so 
uh, the medication eventually. I had to stay on the medication because it gave me a chemical imbalance. And once you get on, you're on until God heals you. So now I'm on medication. And I had I had to see a psychiatrist uh, because I ended up going, uh, since my family kept doing this, I said, if they keep this up, and I was a disability examiner, then I was going to use it to my advantage. And so I did went on disability. And they told me I had to see a psychiatrist instead of a psychologist in order to keep my benefits and stuff and be on medication. And so I had all male psychiatrists. They weren't listening to nothing I was talking about. I even gave a couple of them the book to read. They weren't interested in nothing I was talking about. And so finally I got this black psychiatrist and told him to put me on sick leave. And he said no, uh, because I told him the discrimination or the racism I was dealing with at work against black clients. And he was saying our people need to. So finally, years later, uh, I think it was 2000, 2010, 2008, something like that, I finally got a female, had never had a female, and she was a clinical social worker. I let her get, I saw her one session. Second session, I gave her a copy of my book, book and the sequel. She came back for my third session. She said, it's nothing wrong with you. She said, so uh, we have to release you from therapy. She said, we'll keep you to get medication, but you don't need therapy. And I told her I always knew that, but all I had was those male. So thank God for her. But I want to say that all the time my family had put me in a hospital. I only put myself in a hospital one time, and that was in 2013 when Satan was so tough on me trying to get me to commit suicide. And I knew. If I stayed in the house and didn't get help, that I would have killed myself. So I called up some friends. One was talking a bunch of stuff about you weak and all that. And I don't feel sorry for you. So I said, I won't be calling her. I called my best girlfriend's oldest sister who we have become good friends by now. Her and her son came, picked me up, took me to the hospital I wanted to go to. And that long ride, we talked, and we went in the hospital. We sat there waiting on them to get to me, laughing, and everything was fine after I talked to her. But since I told them that I had come because uh, I was thinking about committing suicide, but I was fine now. They kept me. So I was there about a week 
or about a week, I think, a week, no more than a week or two or what have you. And then they released me because I would be graduating as a clinical, with, uh, in clinical psychology and I'm a temporary clinical psychologist. So it was nothing wrong with me and God has sent me in there. He told me because it was a woman in there that I needed to pray for and do spiritual warfare. And once I was there and got her together, uh, then I had did what I was sending there for. And so that was the only time I ever put myself in the hospital. All the other times it was my family. And back then, they didn't evaluate you. They took the person's word for, and it was like a catch-22. They capped you if you said nothing was wrong with you. They capped you if the other person said something was wrong with you. They didn't believe anything you said. Now what they do is do evaluation, determine if they're going to keep you or not. So I haven't had any problems since. Uh, I'm on the medication. God told me he healed me of everything and gradually get off all the medication that I'm on. So I just wanted to tell you that I'm sorry I did not air my family's dirty laundry. And now you know the truth behind it when you read my book, The Order of the Universe and Things You Should Know About the Messiah uh, by Asalea Rashid. You could get it at www.authorhouse.com. Okay, signing off for now. May God, His precious Son, Jesus, Bless, prosper, and keep you. And I want to say that I love you and have a blessed day and year.